time for yet another tennis takeaway. Barry Mills here along with Barry Cowan as we discuss uh, the week's events and no better place to start, I think, Baza, than in Basel, where Roger Federer earlier today, as we speak on a Sunday night, has uh, picked up his 10th title alone in that fair city. Of course, his hometown. It means so much to him and uh, a lot of emotion at the end of the week, but a week that went very smoothly for him, beating Alex Diminor in straight sets today, their first encounter. But just... Uh, Again, remarkable what he's able to achieve in that uh, sort of home territory and how much it does indeed mean not just to him, but all the team. Yeah, good evening, Barry. It was a remarkable performance and very emotional. Uh, Federer, he was a little tearful after the match. And as you said, his, his 10th Basel title, it's where it all began, wasn't it? I mean, it's well documented. He was, he was the ball boy for a couple of years. He used to cycle to the tournament. His mother was the, the head of accreditation there many years ago. And, you know, it's a place that he's always felt comfortable. The, the, the surface definitely helps him with it being indoors, with it being pretty quick, with it staying low. But you've got to be able to put your tennis on the court. And right from the word go, it just felt different. You know, he, even in, in his first two matches, I mean, you look at the opponents, Goyovchik and Raduelbot, you think, well, yes, but they're not top 10 players or top 20 players. You knew it was different about Federer. He was moving great to the forehand out wide, which I always feel is, is the great is the barometer of how well Federer was playing. He was serving brilliantly. He just looked really comfortable. And he destroyed the field. He, he was it was one way traffic against City Pass. And, and actually, I thought today it was a lot closer than the score suggested. Uh, Demonor played very well, but the biggest difference you've got to have a firepower, haven't you? Indoors, Federer has that with the serve and the first shot. Demonor, who has been brilliant this year we shouldn't forget three titles all on a hard court but no aces and Federer dealt with his first and second serve very comfortably uh, you know and in the end uh, I think for Federer it, it capped off an, an amazing week and on average he was averaging I think one hour every match so it wasn't exactly a taxing week physically. No, it seems to be a very good week for him again because it has gone so smoothly and, as you say, hasn't taken that much out of him. But uh, from a, a fan's point of view, the only big disappointment, I, I would imagine, from a Swiss point of view, was the fact that Stan Wawrinka wasn't able to take on Roger in uh, what was uh, looking to be a, you know, a great matchup in the quarterfinals. Stan pulling up after his... Uh, win against Tiafo in the previous round, uh, the lower back problem. That, that's a, a real shame that we missed out on a clash between the two. I mean, any, any further word on that? Was it just a lower back problem? Was there anything else? Well, it was all really bizarre because the way Basel works is Federer always plays Wednesday uh, a second round match and then, of course, gets another day off and he plays Friday. And then he was asked after his second round win, uh, looking forward to Vavrinka. And at the time, Vavrinka hadn't played Tierfo, as you mentioned. And he said, well, you know, it would be great to play Stan. Um, you know, he hasn't always played his best tennis here, but it just would be great for, for the crowd with Stan playing as well as he's doing at the moment. And then he beats Tierfo in, in an epic. And he was sort of very, he played it down straight away. I don't know if you, if you saw it, but straight away in his interview with the ATP as if to say well I'm playing Roger Federer and then we sort of hear an hour later that he's pulled out with with the back so it must have been bad for him to not give it the another 14 hours when, and sleep on it which is what normally happens where if you do have a little tweak in a match you sort of get your, your necessary treatment like Federer did do you remember when 
when Federer beat Stan at, at the O2. Uh, and yeah, that, that match. match, yes, <laughs> when it all kicked off. And Federer then gave it a chance, didn't he, the next day? And, and it became apparent, I think, I don't think he even think he went to the practice court, did he? I think it, you know, it just the, the it just hadn't settled down. So that's what I was surprised about. But Stan's in the draw for Paris, so let's hope that that it recovers. He recovers one hundred percent, and and he can he can do really well in, in Paris. But I, I don't think it would have mattered anyway because Federer likes playing Stan. As I said, seventeen out of seventeen on the hard courts, and and any time that Federer can expose players who are not great returners indoors, um, which is what he did against City Pass, um, which I think, you know, if we go on about City Pass, Barry, he, he has had a great year and he's had some great highlights. And I think ultimately further down the line, he's going to become a player who is as comfortable on, on fast indoor courts as he is on slow clay. But he's got to improve his returns. Against big servers, he really struggles to put enough balls back in play. Federer announced on Sunday night after winning that title that he, he'll make a decision Monday. So uh, obviously a few hours uh, from where we're currently talking that we uh, might find out whether he will play in Paris or not. Uh, were he to do so well, he could face Stan if they both are there and get through to uh, a semi-final. But of course, uh, others in their half of the draw will perhaps look at that a little more uh, a little later in this podcast. But before we get there, let's also look at what happened in Vienna, not just in the singles, but also in the doubles. But the man who really stood out, obviously, for the week for the Austrians was their own man, their number one, their home favourite, Dominic Team. And uh, bearing in mind uh, the year he's already had to win what is his first title in Vienna, it was a really fine, tough match for him against Diego Schwarzman, which he came through from a set down to win. In fact, that's the third match of the week that he had to win from a set down. He did it against Vadasco in his second round and he did it in a terrific semi-final with Berrettini on Saturday. But uh, just a great now how he is producing such results on hard courts to go with all the, the great excellence that he's shown for many years. On the yeah, court. well said, Barry. Yeah, more titles this year on the hard than on, on his favourite surface. And I've always believed he, be, he could become a great hard court player. I mean, you... you... There's very few players now that are one-trick ponies. Uh, and for someone like Team, when you, when you have the ability that he has and the firepower that he has, I always thought he'd figure it out. And there was a period of frustration at times. I think we go back to the O2, where it was all or nothing, wasn't it? You know, he would go from the sublime to the ridiculous. Uh, but he's, he's improved as a player this year. I, I think what has helped is it's moving on from Gunter Bresnik to Nicholas Massou. Not that Gunter Bresnik was bad for him and he did a wonderful job, but I think in the end it was it was very much a he was coach, he was the manager, and maybe just because of that, Dominic felt that a little bit that he needed to break out. And working with Massou, he's become a better player. And I'm also pleased he's been able to do it indoors. So he's shown he can win outdoors on hard. He's shown he can win indoors on hard. And I think it really bodes well uh, moving forward because he, he is now a serious contender to win majors, not just at the French Open, but now at the Australian and at the US. Yeah, his 16th career title, his fifth of the year, which actually puts him top of the list on the tour in terms of titles won this season, better than all the rest. Uh, Schwarzman was going for his second title of the season, his fourth in his career. 
And of course, he's had some battles with Dominic. They are actually great friends. And uh, that clearly showed in uh, their sort of build up to it and what they shared afterwards in their speeches and their uh, embraces with one another. Just, you know, great to see played in such good spirit, but played to such a high level that, that the fight between the two, because neither is prepared to give any quarter on the court, nor should they. And, and just seeing Schwarzman looking much more comfortable again on court. He's been through a bit of a slump by his own admission, but uh, putting together a very strong week. Uh, he dismissed Gail Monfils in the semis. Monfils, another one who, like him, is still in the race for a place at the O2. But uh, Schwarzman, I just thought, just, uh, you know, highly commendable, really, the attitude as ever. You know exactly what you're going to get from him pretty much week in, week out, match in, match out. And he started so well. And, and I, I think what team showed was this sort of underlying belief, you know, I am top five and I've been here for a while. I've done this now for a few years. I've got that experience. So I'm not going to panic. I am going to find a way and I'm going to find perhaps that balance ultimately between the power and the patience that he really required. And he put in some great touch as well. Uh, but my goodness, some of those rallies were extraordinary from the two of them. So congratulations to team. That That is another sort of tick in the box for him, another 500 title. And, and also congratulations to the crowds, both I'm sure you felt that in Basel, but also in Vienna. An awesome atmosphere through the week from uh, from the fans there and, and great support, not just for Dominic team there, their favourite in Vienna, but also for Schwarzman, who had his name chanted throughout the week and even got it chanted today by the crowd after he'd, he'd finished up uh, second best. But nonetheless, it was uh, a great support for him and, and just a really good advert for what the game can produce in these indoor Yeah, here, here. Uh, yeah, Basel, which was the tournament I was concentrating on this week for, for television, it was packed. Yeah, right from the word go on Monday, it was packed and they do, they do an amazing job. And you know, just going back to to Schwarzman, Barry, and, and, and also team, you know, first about team, and you said not panicking. And isn't that the big improvement? Because when he did panic, he would tend to hit the ball even harder and even harder, and the errors would, would fly all over the place. So, so clearly, you know, he's a player that, that has, as you said, is just getting stronger and stronger. And for Schwarzman, I think a wonderful role model because there are plenty of juniors out there, I'm sure, that have been told by respective coaches, oh, well, you're not going to make it as a tennis player because you're not going to be big enough. You've got to be six foot four, six foot five. Well, it is, it is advantageous to be six foot four, six foot five. But, but even at five foot seven, as Schwartzman is, if you've got a heart the size of a lion and you are someone who works hard and is someone actually that, your, your lack of height you can make up with other areas, which is his speed. But also, we shouldn't underestimate how, how early and how hard that guy can hit the ball. I remember a couple of years ago, he played Nadal on the clay in Monte Carlo. He was hitting the ball harder than Rafa. But he, he, is, he is some players, actually one of my favourite players, because I, like, I do like watching players, Barry, I don't know if you agree, that buck the trend. You know, they are different, and he most certainly is. Yes, you want that variety, and he certainly got that. Uh, so much of that, great to see. But yeah, the, the movement, the the times, he was so balanced behind the shot, so often uh, in position already. When you think, well, other players might just be a slightly late to that, but there he was, the head very still as he made the shots, and and he really can work the sides of a court so well, and the, the short angles. And of course, you saw a, a, an absolute speed merchant. I mean, not just in Roger Federer, who moves as sublimely as ever, but in Diminor, who has to be 
one of the quickest, certainly out of the blocks, you'd feel from a standing start that, that we've quickest, ever seen. Quickest at the moment. Uh, I, I, I will argue with anyone that says someone else is quicker. He is rapid. It is unbelievable how quick he is. But also when he gets there, he's... Did you say rapid or rabbit? <laughs> Both, I think. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. certainly gets around. Yeah, I mean, he? you know, he's just... He is something else. Uh, I, I, do you remember his comment? He said, I was, I was slow when I was younger. He did. he did. That's what he said. Really? He said, I was slow when I was younger. Well, well, I think we need to quantify what he, he classes as slow. If he thinks he was slow when he was younger, he, he never watched me play, did he? <laughs> tortoise. All yeah, the, the hair of and the tortoise yeah, comes incredible. to mind. <laughs> I mentioned uh, doubles because uh, some big results, of course, in the race for their places at the O2, the Nitto ATP finals coming up in London. Next month, so not far off now. But uh, in Basel, it was Roger and Takao, who, of course, have had uh, great success in London before winning the Basel title today. Baza, that, I think, books them a place, doesn't it, again, in the finals. And uh, for uh, Ram and Salisbury, that's Rajiv Ram and Britain's Joe Salisbury, the win in Vienna against the uh, top seeds Kubot and Mello has put them very close to a place and, and some effort that. Yeah, the good of, they have good as made it. Should we start with Ram and Salisbury because of the shot? That Salisbury oh, the hit. shot now, yeah. I mean, if if you haven't seen it, those listening to the pod, I mean, go and find it because on social media, you may witness what I think is right up there as a contender. Would you say for shot of the year from Joe Salisbury? Yeah, there, there are some. Without putting a dampener on it, there are some hot dogs between the legs that 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 players make that are players will execute in practice quite a few times but this was not the ordinary tweener this no. was special no. perhaps we shouldn't say too much more but it is special and sort of when you think of the angles that were produced and, and the outcome from a, a rally that had them all involved uh, it is definitely right up there so uh, congratulations not only for that shot joe but also to him and, and rajiv ram who've who've put together a really strong yeah and they've benefited haven't they from sticking together because this year's kind of been a strange year because you had murray and suarez and you had pavic and marek and both both those pairs split up so that that gave an opening so basically two less pairs and because they've obviously been pairs that have qualified in previous years but they stuck together they've played well and and talking about sticking together which is something that takao has been able to do roger you know they had well, they hit the heights, didn't they, a few years ago with their world number one, weren't they, a few years ago? Uh, and I think also nice that in the final they beat Fritz and Opelka. I, I, I'm a big, big, big one for the younger players playing doubles because that's only going to help their tennis in, in the singles. And, and someone like Fritz, who, who's got better and better, but there are areas of his game that by playing doubles, I think is only going to make him an even stronger player on the singles court. Well said. Now, the race, I mean, there, obviously, Ram and Salisbury, as we said, very close to qualifying. Uh, in terms of the singles race, Baza, and in terms of what's now coming up in Paris, well, we've got Sasha Zverev, defending champion, in seventh place. There are two spots up for grabs still in the singles. He's still in seventh, but Berrettini is... Uh, Closed in, certainly closed the gap between him and the German in eighth place now. And then, well, a number of them still in contention on the singles side. Who are you going with? Are you sticking with uh, David Goffin? I think was one of your picks to join Zverev, wasn't he? 
I didn't say Goffan, Barry. I, I think you <laughs> yes, you did. Me. We've got you on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, I went with Berrettini. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, you're going to be right, I think. Uh, big week. Well, think, well, Zvera's definitely going to qualify. I don't see, I don't see enough upsets this week um, for, for Zvera to get knocked out because of what's on the line with the top two. Djokovic and Nadal. If if the number one ranking had been sewn up and, and maybe Nadal or Djokovic didn't play, then it opens the whole tournament up. But they're going to be there. You've got Medvedev, who's fresh. You've got Federer, who's in the draw, uh, as long as you know we're talking right now. So I think it's going to be a strong week. So I, I think the opportunities may be a little less for, for the players in, in that bracket. So I'll stick with Zverev. It's not lucky like Goffin is going to make it. Um, I think I think maybe Berrettini. I think the fact he's in pole position might just count for him. I don't see Monfils having a good week, to be honest. Not after last week. He, he kind of was was right against the wall, wasn't he, in the end in Vienna? Yeah, physically, he's, he's yeah. struggling, isn't he? Yeah, so I don't see Monfils making semis or final. And basically, he's going to have to make final. So then you're looking at Bautista Agut or Berrettini. i just not sure Bautista Agut's playing well enough to be able to make and to catch up and make the necessary points to overtake Berrettini. So, I mean, it will be a great top eight. I think Berrettini deserves it with the year he's had. And, yeah, it will be bring on the O2. Yeah, I'm just looking, though, at Berrettini's uh, section in terms of... Uh... He being one of the seeds and Hachanov being the other in that first sort of couple of rounds bracket. Berrettini will play either Rublev or Songa in his opening round. He has a bye, as uh, all the seeds do in Paris. Uh, Hachanov a bye through to play either Struff or Nishioka. So, you know, there's a strong quartet of uh, unseeded players there to, to try and get through the first couple of hurdles for Berrettini or Hachanov yep. and, and then perhaps to face one another and they're in the same quarter as Nadal and Vavrinka so that is a very strong part of the draw but you could go you could make a case for you know just about every quarter of the draw being strong because in in the, the, the quarter above them there's Vera, Fanini, Monfils and Federer should Federer decide that he will play and in the top half of the draw when you come down from Djokovic and Schwarzman in the same little section, in the same quarter, they've got Bautista, Agut, Sitsipas, And then the second quarter has Medvedev, Isna, Goffat and Team. So uh, it's a, a pretty well-balanced draw, is it not, uh, for all of them? And as you say, with what is on the line for the top two, who interestingly practiced together, didn't they? Mm. Djokovic and Nadal. I don't know that that's happened too often in the past, but uh, it's, it's making for what should be a fascinating week and uh, a week at absolutely full tilt. Yep, and just going back to Bautista, just looking at his little section of the draw, if Berrettini did lose his first match, which he could do, given how well mm. Rublev's played and given Songa's previous history, that, that's, a, that's a rough one to call as a first-rounder, then Bautista, I think, would have to make the quarterfinals. So he'd have to beat Dimonor or Gera or and then Tsitsipas or Tiafo or Fritz. Uh so it's unlikely. Again, nothing's going to come easy. Whoever does no. get there, Baz, is, is really going to have to earn it. I think that's what we're saying, isn't it? Yeah, which is what you want, don't you? And there's, I don't think it's going to be a case of sort of limping over the line. Um, no, and I can think of past years in Paris where it's, it's almost been done and dusted beforehand or players have withdrawn and, it, and it's been a depleted field. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, for the tournament director, it's been a, a difficult week. But I think this time they, they, they've really got a, a really strong tournament ahead of them. Yep. They've got uh, Vavrinka is a 16th seed and he's ranked 17 in the world. So, you know, c- confirmation of how strong the draw is. Who's going to win? Oh. <laughs> well, we, we have yeah. our, we have our, uh, our, our, on the ATP, we have our, our picks, don't we? Have, have you put in yes. your picks yet? Have you done your I one, two, and no. three? I thought no. I'd wait and get your words of wisdom. Oh, my before goodness. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're in the running for the top eight yourself, aren't you? I'm yeah. not far off. I'm in 13th place. So, uh, so you've you got know, to take I, a risk I, then. You're going to have to. You're going to have I to have. take second tier player that no one else is going to pick. So. Yeah. Okay. So maybe. I'll keep that to myself. I yeah, think. I think that's. So I, I think don't that's get the more best way. On my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the men for the past week and going into the last uh, main week of the season before the World Tour Finals or the Nitto ATP Finals in London. But in terms of where the women have got to. Arena Sabalenka winning the elite trophy event in Zhuhai by topping the uh, top seed, Kiki Burton, 6-4-6-2 in the final. Sabalenka, I mean, when she switches on, Baz, I mean, she's a force to be reckoned with in the game. She hasn't quite broken right through to the, the very top tier. She obviously isn't playing in Shenzhen, where they're now underway with the WTA finals. But uh, just your thoughts on, you know, what Sabalenka can do on the court and what she's obviously done over the last few weeks. She seems to have got a mojo back, doesn't she? You know, Zabalenka, it, I mean, she is, I would say, one of the sort of modern WTA player that when she's on, she's devastating, but there are also a lot of days when she's not on. But it seems that she is getting back the confidence because she's had a, she had a rough period. You know, from the end of last year where she really did make an impression, this year was a real struggle. Uh, so that's nice for her to, to be able to, to wrap up win the title uh, with, you know, real hope and expectations to, to, to make a next big push next year, uh, you know, and try and rival the, the power hitters. Uh, and there are plenty of those right at the top of the women's game. So that's, that's, that's a nice moment for her. And, you know, we're talking about power plays. Osaka and Kvitova, they battled it out, didn't they, in, in their match, a, a repeat of the Australian Open final. And Osaka, what a tear she's on. Since she split with her coach and with her father on the bag, as they say, uh, she's unbeatable. Yeah, well, we will talk in a moment a bit more about what she's doing and what Ash Barty did on the opening day. I should sort of update what I said just now about Zabalenka not being in Shenzhen for the singles, but she is, of course, going to be there in the doubles with Elise Mertens as uh, the top pairing going in there. So uh, another big week ahead for her. And do you see what they can get if they win the doubles? How much? The possibility of sharing a million dollars if they go undefeated. You're going to come out of retirement. <laughs> I'll, I'll carry the bags, 10%, isn't it? Uh, yep, definitely. All right, then I'll carry yours. Okay, um, yeah, Osaka, I mean, kicking off the tournament in Shenzhen in the singles against Petra Kvitova. So a repeat of the Australian Open final, which was a thriller at the start of the year, Baza, and very similar, the ultimate scoreline, 7-6-4-6-6-4 this time in the opening round robin match going to Osaka against Petra, who who began so strongly. I think eight winners in the first three games, that huge forehand, but uh, it cracked in the end. And Osaka has this remarkable ability, doesn't she, now as a proven major winner to to, to weather the storms, to work things out and, uh, and, and come through in the end. And that, obviously, a very positive start for her this time, having gone 0-3 last time she was in the event. I think what Naomi's experienced this year 
will actually help her more in the long run because it'd be very easy for her to sort of take a step back after Australia and think, that's easy, this, isn't it? You know, I just, just close my eyes, hit the ball hard, and I win majors. And, and as we know, it's never that simple. There are so many different factors that go in to becoming a major champion. And then when you are a major champion, then the distraction's off the court. And, and she's been very open how she's struggled to deal with it. But I, I think she is in, she is matured as a person. And when you mature as a person, then that often reflects in your tennis. Uh, and it has been, it's been so nice to see her play the way she has done in the autumn with those two titles in Asia. And it would cap off a great week, um, uh, sorry, a great year if, if Osaka you know, could, could lift the, the WTA championships. I, I actually hope, you know, I'm not, not that I'm showing favouritism, but I hope for the women's game that it is one of the, the, the players that's won a major. I think that's what's important because then what you don't want is sort of to, to take a step back and go, well, you know, someone like a Benchich or Svitolina, who, you know, that's by right they've qualified and absolutely so. But I think it carries more weight when a major winner wins a season-ending championship. Same with the men's as well. Yes, I, th- I think that's a, that's a fair point. And, and of course, one of those who is a major winner is Ash Barty, the Australian who entered the tournament as the world number one. And by beating Benchich in her opening match on Sunday, playing the Swiss for the first time and coming from a set down to beat Bencic, who had that great run in Moscow recently, came in very strongly to this event. But by doing that, Barty has now secured the year-end number one ranking. And I think the first Aussie ever to do that, certainly in the women's game. And that's a, a tremendous uh, sort of accolade for her. She, she said, obviously, I, I want to win this tournament. That's what this week is all about. But um, that will be sort of icing on the cake for her that uh, she can look back on 2019 as being uh, the best out there. Tremendous. Yeah. What's, who would have thought, who would have thought when she was hitting fours and sixes <laughs> that she would come back and play her first love, which is tennis, and become a, a French Open champion, which if she was going to win a major, I think I would have put the French Open at the bottom of the list. And then to, to be year-end number one, an incredible effort. And I think great, great for the sport, you know, I, and, I, and I was praising the, the power players, that here is Ash, who, who has been able to, to think her way through the women's game this year with intelligence, with the drop shots, with the slice. So, yeah, amazing. And you'll wonder whether she'll lead the way. I wonder whether in a decade or so time, we might see more players play like Barty using the slice and coming forward and being very comfortable with the volleys. Yeah. And and one comment I just sort of picked out from her post-match presser was the saying how important it is to notice, you know, what's not working in Mm. a match. And it comes back to the, the many chats we've had about on-court coaching or not. But, uh, OK, they allowed in the women's game and, and certainly she's had uh, use of that at times. But to be able to work things out, to adjust, to make those adjustments, because sometimes in the midst of it, you, you almost don't have time to think. You don't have time to really assess. But it's so important to use what time you do have when you consider a change of ends or an end of a set to just try and think calmly and clearly about what adjustments can be made and how things can turn around. And I think that was the 11th time this year 
that Barty has come from a set down to win in three. So that kind of underlines that ability she's alluded to, the need to, to change mid-match and, and work things out. Great to see her do that. So off to a winning start for her in the red group. As we mentioned, Osaka also doing the same. It goes over to the purple group from Monday and they'll uh, do it back and forth uh, through the round-robin stage. Pliskova against Svitolina to kick off in that purple group and Andrescu against Halep, which will be a first encounter Bianca Andrescu, who has uh, been talking about the fact that she's always wanted to play Simona Halep. I wonder what Simona makes of that. But of course, they, they have their Romanian heritage, their shared heritage from that. So there's a sort of special link there. And uh, perhaps I'm just going to ask you for a tip for that match before it, it comes about. Who would you pick to win that one? I would pick Andrescu. Yeah, I'd pick I Andrescu I to... Yeah, she would be my pick to go three out of three in, in that group. And what about it will be, I don't know who's going to get through because I think the other three will win one and lose two. So a very tight group and you need your calculator, your, uh, all of that to work it out. Well, that's to come over the next week and uh, it'll be uh, compelling viewing, I'm sure. And we will be back to talk about it at the beginning of next week. Thanks very much for joining us on the latest Tennis Takeaway podcast. Barry Milnes and Barry Cowan signing off for now. Do join us again then.